Now, moving on to, well, matters of security concern. Uh, several of the prisoners who benefited after former President Jacob Zuma was readmitted to prison last year to serve out his sentence for contempt of court. Now, with the former president staying only a short term while in prison before being released in terms of uh, President Sul Ramaphosa's special remission process. And, and he, he, of course, was not the only benefactor of that. You've had, well, some say up to, you know, thousands of, of prisoners, the, some, some, the, the official number, or semi-official number, what's it, 16,472. Other inmates besides him benefiting under the special process, well, apparently a good number of them are in fact behind bars uh, or have been rearrested or have been cited in, uh, in, in criminal-related activities without even being out on, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the scheme for, for a week or two. Well, joining us with the discussion is the DA's Jano Engelbrecht. Uh, good, good evening, Jano. Hi, Jano. Are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, there I can you hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Jano, tell us, I mean, why were these prisoners released along with former president, uh, you know, uh, Jacob Zuma? What was this, this scheme or what was this plan all about? Well, um, cabinet came up with this idea and, you know, the, the reason they put forward was to um, do something about the extreme uh, prison overpopulation problem that we have. Um, but I don't think that was the real case, um, given the numbers of rearrests. And, you know, just today I visited Modern Beer and the majority of people um, they released on this program are back there in prison um, today. Um, so, but I, I think it was all because uh, the ANC were very fearful of a repeat of the, 20, the, the July 2021 riots um, when um, former President Zuma were incarcerated the first time. And I think that was um, probably the, the main reason why this special remission um, was done, um, which I do not agree with, of course. The special remission process, Yano, was announced in August 2023 and ended on uh, the 2nd of November 2023. During that period of time, I mean, how many inmates, uh, as per an estimate, might have re-offended by the time it was already the 26th of October? Well, that we don't know. I just know that within the first couple of weeks, 97 were already re-arrested. And um, now the, the information that I received on the, or the answer that I received from the minister is a bit dated because I received the answer on the 1st of December. Now, where we are at at this point in time um, with those specific individuals that benefited from this remission is, is an open question. Um, I don't know. I did pose uh, follow-up questions which I will probably receive in a week or two. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying. And, and especially worrying it is, is, is the violent crimes that were committed by these people, which is obviously something that could have been prevented. You know, the, the government, of course, claims that there is overcrowding in prisons and mismanagement of the uh, you know, prison system, which, of course, is a reality. And, and, you know, one may say much to the doing of government themselves. But looking forward, I mean, those prisoners that have been imprisoned 
for non-violent related crimes and uh, you know schemes to get them back in their back in society but still at the same time finish their sentences I mean should the government be looking at this particular type of scheme to begin with uh, whether it is ankle bracelets house detentions what are your thoughts on that Yano? Well let's start at the beginning what government did was they released sentenced prisoners before they served their sentence to make space for remand detainees. Now, remand detainee is someone that has not been in court yet or are still busy in court, but has not been sentenced yet. So it's unsentenced prisoners, of, and that's the big problem. Now, the way that you address that is to have a discussion with the Department of Justice, the magistrate's courts, and the National Prosecuting Authority, start up night courts and get through this tremendous backlog of remand detainees, because it's more than 52,000 remand detainees that we should put, and our prisons were not designed to carry that capacity, especially remand detainees. Now you release sentence prisoners early, so they didn't finish the rehabilitation programs, there was no reintegration programs, and so I mean, what do you expect um, of these people? They are dumped on the street, and obviously the very first thing they do, recommit crime, which I have a very, very serious problem. What also does not make sense, uh, Yano, is that one of those released was also an illegal immigrant. Now, there may have been many more illegal immigrants that may have been released in that system as well, uh, you know, which, which we probably might never even know about. This, uh, an illegal immigrant in the system, what are they doing there to begin with? I mean, you have got separate housing facilities for them and the process is different for them, but here you have them in in a system of release? Well, you see that when illegal immigrants commit crime, like uh, robbery and theft and stuff, they also go to court and they go to our prison system. But what's funny for me is that the moment that an illegal immigrant is released, they are released to the Department of Home Affairs because that individual needs to be repatriated. So what boggles my mind is that an illegal immigrant that benefited from this system were released and he was rearrested. What does he do? How, how, how come is he still in South Africa? That, it boggles my mind. Um, it, because it's, uh, if, if you follow the procedures and the processes set in place uh, uh, by government themselves, this is not supposed to be happening. It's, it's not supposed to be uh, even possible. So that is a very, very problematic uh, instance for myself. Well, just as a matter of interest, Modra Beer Prison, which is in, in, in the East Rand, it's a huge facility. Um, I've spoken to one of the senior officials there, and he told me today that the number of foreigners is more in that prison than the number of South African citizens that's incarcerated there. So it's, it comes again, you know, open borders that's not patrolled um, and, and uh, the functional Department of Home Affairs, which leads to these problems. And, and look... The, Correctional services is not to blame for this because remember, people should remember, correctional services is a receiving department. But unfortunately, problems that emanate from somewhere else always end up at the Department of Correctional Services and they have to deal with this. And correctional services did not ask for this special remission. It came from Cabinet, not correctional services. Yano Engelbrecht, thank you for joining us on radio this uh, evening with that, uh, well, concerning discussion itself. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Good evening to you. Can you imagine that? I mean, 16,004. I just thought that, you know, okay, fine, that that uh, program had taken place 
place, and this was in August of 2023, with the intent and the purpose of, uh, uh, you know, allowing uh, former President Jacob Zuma to be released. Uh, now, look, that's in a separate discussion all on its own, that whether uh, President Jacob Zuma should have been in prison in the first place or not. Uh, those of us in KZN will tell you, you know what, was it worth it? You probably would have avoided a number of situations, the riots being, you know, a a, a main one that had that. It, it was focused and fixated. Maybe it's catalyst. Maybe if not, the, the cause was ultimately criminal, but the catalyst itself had to do a lot with the treatment of former President Jacob uh, Zuma. Now, granted, the, the so-called impunity that former President Jacob Zuma might have enjoyed was a result of, uh, let's say, political connections, was a result of him delaying justice to a point of it now becoming the inevitable that something was going to happen. That's now related to South Africa's crooked politics, which we are not out of. We are still very much in the midst, uh, you know, thereof. But the wisdom of putting the man behind bars and the and the type of rhetoric and the type of words and the type of emotions that it may possibly stir, one wonders whether that was in fact worth it to, you know, to begin with. Maybe at the onset, maybe at the onset, uh, you know, it would have been decided that, listen, you're fine, you, you are you are guilty, beat off, you know, contempt of court or, or not willing to appear and you will stay under house arrest with all the comforts that you could possibly enjoy and you will not have the freedom of movement. One thinks that that might really be a, uh, uh, you know, some sort of a, a, a punitive measure for somebody who's not really a flight risk. I mean, if you build in Kandla, where are you going to go and rush, rush, uh, run to a, an apartment or a block somewhere in, in Russia for that matter or you're not going to go to, to Germany, you, you'll probably stay connected to Inkandla, fine, maybe take the man's travel facilities away for a year or two, uh, ref, uh, uh, you know, uh, restrict him to to Inkandla under uh, under house arrest and he's as comfortable as, you know, as, as possible. One may have thought that that would be the wise way to go, noting that uh, the, the actual imprisonment itself, as much as you had others who wanted it, and as much as you had people, you know, from, from the DA and various political parties demanding you know, jail, 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 prison, 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 uh, the, they were well aware, you know, of the results thereof and what's going to, in fact, you know, happen and what's going to occur and the uh, and the issues that are going to, in fact, uh, uh, you know, happen. Uh, and and they really, you know, overshot the, the, the concerns that many echoed that this is going to become a catalyst of an already um, volatile powder keg of a society that has suffered deprivation because of the COVID years and now you are simply going to add fuel to the fire that's already burning. That's exactly what, you know, in fact, in fact happened. Now, there will be many naysayers who say that, you know what, Morana, what about the fact that justice must be served and preserved and, you know, uh, here and there? What about justice for the, for, for all those who lost money in various schemes, various outfits, government supported or non-government supported? What about those who have, you know, lost their jobs at the mines? What about the average South African for that matter, who, uh, you know, has to deal with the fact that the lights cannot be kept on? So all of these issues over here, no doubt, are worthy and worthwhile, but they need to be employed in a circumspect way that now considers the fact and the nature of the political in the country that, you know, that exists. And so 
you know, those 16,472 prisoners, most of them, I would say, would were not, you know, uh, in there for violent crimes to begin with. They're petty crimes here and there. Uh, you, you had those were the fraudsters and, and those type of, of activities. And, and obviously, it's, it's a crime you need to be punished for. But these days, there are, there are various other ways of seeing that a person is placed under some form of a sanction rather than the actual imprisonment itself. Uh, I was just speaking to a friend of mine, right? And he was, he's in security. And he came back from Qatar. He worked there for, for seven years in the prisons over there. He says that, you know what, you've got three types of prisons that exist in that country. One is now for your foreigners. And the conditions there are absolutely terrible, but the foreigners generally know that whatever they were there you know, in for, for whatever they were there in for and whatever reason it is, it really and truly is a uh, temporary uh, sort of a holding cell before they get deported. Within 30 to 35 days, once their processing is done, they're going to be deported for whatever crime that they committed, never to set foot in, you know, in, in the country again. They may try their luck, you know, going somewhere else, whether it is to uh, to Dubai or Sharjah or, or Kuwait to get a job there. But, you know, Qatar has is done with them. So you have a few thousand people every month languishing in those prisons, normally for serious traffic offences or fighting or disturbances or something of that sort. And then you have those that are in for uh, uh, violent crimes. Now, there you have a serious facility, but because, and those are generally, of course, Qatari uh, individuals or people from the Gulf states that, in fact, have to serve a sentence in Qatar itself. So you have them, and, and they now will uh, serve their sentence in, in Qatar itself. Relatively comfortable, but a typical lockdown type of environment that you have there. And then you have those who are your, your white collar, blue collar type of criminals, your fraudsters, etc. They are given full facilities and access to the world, either under the supervision of the Qatari officials or they're allowed to go home. Part of the whole idea of them going home or being sent home is the fact that they need to pay back what they owe and what they have stolen. And uh, a system is made that they are they'll be allowed to do business and they'll be allowed to conclude deals under the supervision of some sort of a uh, a court or or state-appointed lawyer and that individual will make sure that this person here is not committing further fraud. I wonder how he's going to do. I'm sure Tavo Besta will will do well in a a system like that. You know what I mean? He's he's going to be a class all of his, you know, on his own. And I'm sure there are other, you know, Mr. Besters like him who, who do pretty well in a system like that. But the whole idea is that, you know what, we could imprison you for the next 15, 20 years. How is that now going to help the person who you defrauded? How is that now going to help a person who you stole money from? Whether it was, uh, you know, whatever's your take on the case or, 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 or that may be, how is it going to help them? So, fine, we will, we will put you under some sort of a, uh, of, a, of a sanction, but we will keep you on a short leash to a point that we will make sure that you will pay back all or some of the money that you have stolen and one assumes that that is a more uh, logical and a more sensible way in approaching the whole dilemma of the individual paying back what was in fact due to them. Either way, 
you know what, prison is obviously not a place where anybody, um, you know, wants to be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save the ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant tawfiq and hidayat and guidance to those who are, in fact, incarcerated for whatever reason. Uh, you know, they, they, they are there. May Allah ta'ala guide them. Uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant those who are of the, uh, the, the accepted ummah, uh, the tawfiq of tawbah and, and repentance, should they be guilty, of course, to begin with. But this is a, a community that we should not, you know, really not forget. And um, incarcerated individual, an individual who is incarcerated, he sort of like becomes a, a, a subculture or, or, or a subunit of a, of a society, doesn't he? Or her for that matter. It's estimated that in South Africa's prisons, there are over 140,000 people. And that's a community all on its own, isn't it? And speaking to those who, you know, are, deal with prisoners on a regular basis so that you know they'll tell you that you're not dealing necessarily with a violent group of people because there are many people who are there for crimes that you actually have to have a lot of intelligence to commit maybe one may say that they were not intelligent enough not to get caught but nonetheless maybe somebody a bit more smarter than them or they got or they got you know lazy or they got careless and they decided to take you know whatever they they stole too quickly and to head off to sun coast or sun city or you know blow their money away and as a result uh, or, or, or talk to the wrong person or, or or talk to the uber driver or something and they couldn't control themselves and it doesn't of course make it right but you have them amongst you know amongst a very intelligent you know community and this community alhamdulillah in any society for that matter is open to da'wah and open to the acceptance of deen they've got no distractions whatsoever uh, maybe staying safe maybe a distraction for them but for the most part right you know for the most part um they are there, they are, you know, incarcerated, they may be biding their time for their next parole date, but for this moment, for this day, for this week, and very likely for this month, for that matter, well, they obviously have to, you know, stay put. They obviously have to stay put, they have to stay where they are, and and that's it. And this is a prime individual for the purposes of da'wah, for the purposes of calling towards the deen of Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala, which an important tabaqa, which an important community should give attention to. And, and in fact, you do have those systems in South Africa that, that this particular tabaqa, this particular community is, is viewed, yes, you will have the, the so-called shysters amongst them as well, but you will have many people who may, may ultimately take to the message. Guidance and hidayat is only in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what did Sayyidina Yusuf say that are the people of the prison not entitled that they receive the message and he said it for an important reason they've got little to no distractions they've got little to know to, to very little to live for except to come out of here uh, they, they are in a, in a position of uh, stress and difficulty and it is at that time very often you will have an individual individual's mind opens up to reality and where it is hoped that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds by granting the individual hidayat and guidance. Wallahul musta'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of helpers. Well, a few minutes it is before uh, six o'clock, break from my side. I'll be back inshallah to continue our discussion post six.